Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, hi, everyone. Lisa Tarmati here again, and fantastic to have you back on the course. Today, we're going to be talk, uh, talking about heavy metals and what they do in the body and why you need to be aware of this and why you need to get uh, tested for it and what why it's important for brain health and a whole lot of stuff. So, Heavy metal poisoning, it affects nearly all of us. We're pretty much living in a toxic soup in our modern day environment that our bodies were not made for. All the chemicals that are out there, um, there are a heck of a lot of uh, heavy metals in our environment. Um, things like mercury, thallium, arsenic, aluminium, nickel, uranium, and lead, and others. Um, and this is leading to a buildup in our bodies. Unfortunately, they're everywhere in our environment from our water supply and the soils that grow our food um, and the fish that we eat and the meat that we eat and even in the vegetables that we consume and the air, of course, that we breathe, not to mention all the chemicals that are in our houses. Um, you'd be surprised at the, the amount of chemicals in our houses and offices and the like and, of course, through our cars and so on and through industry. Now, as these metals slowly build up over time, it's like a slow poison of the systems and many of the things that we think of as aging are really just or can at least be partly attributed to heavy metal toxicity so heavy metals slowly weaken us and age us and cause cellular damage and they can suppress also our thyroid functions making us feel quite sluggish cold and fatigued and our immune system can also take a hit so we can get more infections um, and have immune system functional problems. So arsenic, cadmium, lead and mercury are the most toxic and the most ubiquitous metals in our environments, the ones that we really need to be aware of and these are all carcinogens i.e. they can cause cancers. Now, there are others like chromium, iron, copper, zinc, and these are actually needed in the body, but if they are also in too high levels, it can be not actually optimal for us. Um, now, all of these metals are naturally occurring metals, um, but through activities like mining and smelting and manufacturing or their use in things like fuels and paints, etc., mean that they're no longer just deep underground like they were, but that they're actually up here with us in the soil, air and water. <clears throat> so... What does the, the heavy metals do? Well, they affect our mitochondria. So our mitochondria, you're going to be hearing more about this in the course, are the little factories, if you like, that are producing energies in our cells via an electrical process. Now, these heavy metals in our bodies mess with that electrical process, and that causes a big impact on oxidative stress and cellular function, which leads them to aging and decline. Now, babies and children are even more uh, vulnerable to these metals, and pregnant women have to be especially careful because if they are exposed to these metals, they can experience miscarriages, uh, premature birth, and low birth weights, which can really affect the child for, for life. And if the child is, ex is exposed to this during their early childhood, this can cross the blood-brain barrier and cause things like... Um, uh, a lowered IQ and cognitive problems. Now, lead exposure, for example, has been shown in studies to increase the cardiovascular disease dramatically, and it can double the risk of mortality 
for uh, coronary heart disease. So really, really bad stuff. So lead damages the cells that line the blood vessels. It hardens the arteries and causes plaques to form. Now, once the plaques are present, the blood pressure increases, which increases the, the risk of heart disease and stroke. Now, anything that's going to damage the endothelial lining of your cells is something that we want to avoid. So it's not only heavy metals that would do that or lead that will do that, but it's one of the things that can cause inflammation on the endothelial cells. Now, nowadays, we have, luckily, they have taken the lead out of our fuels and paints, thank goodness. Um, and there is less of that in our environment now, but they have replaced in our fuels, at least overseas, I haven't been able to get the data for New Zealand, but they have replaced the lead with thallium. And thallium is even worse than the lead. And like, there's no safe level for lead and there's no really safe level for thallium. So thallium is used in things like rat poison, some insecticides and in the glass manufacturing and in the pharmaceutical industries. Um, and it's a colorless and tasteless uh, poison. And it's, it causes uh, the potassium in your, in your cells to fail. And potassium is, is really, really important. In fact, I nearly died of a lack of potassium um, in my late 20s when I'd been doing too much um, sport and my electrolyte levels had fallen so low that my, my potassium levels got down to a point where my entire body cramped from my head to my toe all at once, including my heart, and I nearly died. So I know that a, a lack of potassium can really affect. Now, that wasn't caused through thallium poisoning, but it, it, it belabors the point that if your potassium fails in your cells, then you're in big trouble. So even in small doses, it causes degenerative changes in many of your organs. And it's most apparent in the nervous system and can cause lesions in the basal ganglia part of the brain. And this is uh, a, an area of the brain that can um, that is to do with speech and movement and posture. Uh, I know with mum's um, aneurysm that she had, that, that part of the brain was damaged and she has problems and um, motor problems and postural problems. But lead can also cause damage and lesions in that part of the brain. So another thing to be aware of. Now, it's, it's um, shown to be in many of our soils which grow our food, the thallium. So back, yeah, sorry, thallium, not lead, as I was meaning before. Um, so thallium has been shown that it's in many soils which grow our food. And there are a family of vegetables, uh, the kales and the cabbages and the brassica families that are especially good at taking thallium back up out of the ground. Um, it's actually so good that in one Chinese study, they found that the soil could be decontaminated from uh, planting a whole lot of cabbages that then sucked it up. Now, if we go and eat that cabbage, then you know, uh, or that kale, then we're obviously doing ourselves a disservice. So, next time um, someone offers you um, some cold slaw or something cabbage or something with kale in it, you might want to think about it. Where did it come from? So, I want to talk now about mercury. Now, this is um, one we're all probably aware of. And it's a very problematic heavy metal. It causes high blood pressure and cardiovascular diseases and neurotoxicity. 
It can impair cognitive function and motor skills. And it's found in fish, which unfortunately is a really important food source that has all our omega-3 fats, our DHAs and EPAs, which are really good for our health, which are great. So unfortunately, though, the fish also have mercury. Now, there's something like 600 tons of mercury every year going into our oceans. So there's becoming more and more of the mercury around. So if you eat a lot of fish, which ostensibly would be healthy, um, this can lead to mercury toxicity. Now, fish that are higher up the food chain are more affected than fish that are lower down the food chain. And the the fish that live longer, um, they accumulate more mercury. So you don't want to be uh, eating things like shark or um, swordfish, for example, uh, you want to be having the smaller fish that aren't too old because the older fish will have higher levels of mercury in them than uh, the, the smaller and younger fish. Another major source of mercury poisoning is the amalgams in our fillings, which, you know, growing up in the 70s, that's what they did. They stuck amalgam in our mouths. I had a mouthful of it. Um, and I went into a... a a dentist who knew how to get rid of amalgam fillings and make sure you go to a dentist who knows how to do that safely because it's very important that you don't get the mercury toxicity because you went to a dentist who was not really equipped to deal with the amalgam and removing it because it can cause a spike of mercury uh, poisoning in your body when they remove this and, and that's definitely not something you, you um, uh, want to have happen. Um, if you have amalgam fillings still now, then I can guarantee you that will be shortening your life and it will be detrimental to your health. You'll want to get that sorted uh, as quick as you can. Uh, I know dentists are expensive, but if there's any which way you can make that happen, do so. Um, there are other sources of mercury as well, things like uh, compact fluorescent lights, and it's also used in some manufacturing processes. So don't buy compact fluorescent lights so no good no matter how good you think you are with your diet and your you know you, the way you live and your lifestyle chances are you've been exposed to heavy metals in some way shape or form and there is uh this building up in your body now we aren't made to live in this toxic soup that we have unfortunately created for ourselves now there's a couple of ways that you can test for uh heavy metal uh, poisoning. You can get a hair tissue mineral analysis, and I have a podcast with Gary uh, Moller, who is um, someone who does this hair tissue mineral analysis. You'll be able to listen to that later. I've had mine done, and I've come back with um, arsenic poisoning, for example, and mercury poisoning. Um, arsenic, because I was a goldsmith for many years and did a lot of smelting and melting of metals which I believe is where I picked that up from. So you need to be able to, to do these tests. The other way to do it is to uh, get a urine test. Now, if you want to detox your body from metals, and you should be thinking about this, because even if you're unaware of what's going on in your body, it's doing the damage, then you do need to be under the auspices of probably a functional doctor. You're probably not going to get much success with a normal uh, conventional medicine. Try to get in touch with a functional doctor who can analyze uh, your heavy metal toxicity, or you can reach out to uh, Gary Moller um, and do a hair tissue mineral analysis to find out where you're at as well. 
Doing a detox on your own can be dangerous because you can shift it out of your fat cells where it's being stored and into your brain, which you really don't want to do. So you want to do it in a, in a, in a way that is controlled. Um, now, I'm going to go through a few of the supplements that you can take that will help with the detoxification process. Um, again, please go and see a doctor to make sure that you do this all right. Some of these are, are quite safe to take regardless and will, will help you with your general health. Now, the first one I wanted to talk about is glutathione. Now, glutathione is known as the mother of all antioxidants. It's that powerful. Now, this is a chelating agent, meaning that its molecules can create several bonds to the metals. Chelating agents bind to the metals in your body and inactivate them. They cause them to be inactive, so they can't do their dangerous things anymore. It's part of the phase two detox system that your body has. Your, your body eliminates them when you have the right levels of glutathione in there through your urine and your bile. And glutathione is one of the ones that has the ability to stop mercury from entering the cells in the, in the very first place, which is really, really important. It also, uh, just as a side note, glutathione also protects fats from oxidation. It supports your mitochondria and boosts immunity and helps brain function. So it's a really, really important thing. And this declines with age. Your glutathione production recline, uh, declines with age. It also helps to recharge other antioxidants and make them able to fight inflammation and is a cofactor for dozens of enzymes that neutralize free radicals. Now, as we age, our glutathione levels drop, as I said, and the risk for all the major killers go up, things like heart disease and Alzheimer's and cancers and so on. So our bodies produce our own glutathione, but it often can't keep up with the demands of this toxic soup that we're living in um, and with the demands of the free radical production as we get older. Um, so if you are loaded with heavy metals, then you should take extra glutathione. Now, you can take this as an IV or as a supplement. Um, and I will issue a word of, corning, a word of warning here um, in a minute, but... What you want to do with glutathione is you want to do this in, in, uh, for a little while and then have a break. Now, um, but when you take a, take a break from the glutathione, and the reason you don't do this all the time, is that if you're taking it all the time, it will cause your body's own glutathione production to downregulate, and you don't want to do that. So you want to have breaks every now and then from having lots of glutathione. However, the one caution I also wanted to bring out, and this is from an area uh, called functional genomics, which uh, I'm studying at the moment, and you will have a couple of really good episodes on the podcast list from Dr. Mansour Muhammad, and he is the number one, world's number one expert in functional genomics. And he says um, that when you are giving glutathione, you have to be aware of one thing. Um, if the person that you are giving the glutathione to is one person um, who doesn't have the GST T1 or the M1 genes, or if they have um, only one uh, of each of those genes, now the GST T1s and the GST M1s are part of your detoxification, glutathione, glutathione, transferase, GST, the S is just the residue from somewhere, but it's the glutathione transferase. Now, this is a family of genes. You have the GST T1, M1, 
and P1. However, the GST T1 and the M1 can be affected by what they call a CNV, a copy number variation. And some individuals will not have inherited the normal two genes from one from your mum, one from your dad is what you usually get with all your genes. Um, and if they didn't get two sets of genes and they only got one GST T1 gene, then they will only be producing or they have the ability to process half the amount of glutathione. Um, the same with the M1. If they only received one then or none, then they are going to have a significantly impaired ability to process glutathione. Now, that means they're going to have issues with detoxification. And you would think that by giving your body more glutathione, that would be a good thing, right? You want to help them get more glutathione. But this is the, it's not the glutathione production that these genes are responsible for, but for the catalytic reaction of what it does with the gluten, glutathione when you have it. I know this is a bit of a mouthful and we will be talking about it more in the functional genomics. But there is a significant portion of the population who have uh, the less than optimal GST T1 and M1 genes. If you are one of these people, your ability to use glutathione in a catalytic reaction is reduced. Now, you can benefit from having some glutathione by way of supplements, but not too much. And an IV is liable to be too much in this case. It is also dependent on your phase one detox genes. And again, more about that in the functional genomics sector. So before you go out and get a uh, glutathione IV, it would behoove intelligence to actually get a functional genomics test which we will be talking about later in this section and which I am studying currently to be qualified to be able to read those. Um, so I will hopefully be able to offer you that service uh, later on. So it's really important to know some of our genes so that we know how we're going to react to certain supplements or to medications or what predispositions we have. But, but we will get onto that later. So back now to the heavy metals. So... We've just covered off the glutathione as being a great supplement and a great IV for um, supporting the body with that caveat that you get your genes checked to see what your GSTT1 and M1 genes are doing. Now we're going to move on to alpha-lipoic acid. Now this is an antioxidant that can cross the blood-brain barrier to protect neurons from heavy metal poisoning. It also regenerates glutathione, as we mentioned before, both inside and outside of the cells, increasing glutathione levels in the body. It also helps your mitochondria, those little battery cells of power that create the energy in the cell that I talked about before, perform better. So alpha-lipoic acid is a very uh, good and safe supplement to be taking to help you detoxify um, and support that process up to 1,800 milligrams is considered a safe dose uh, of alpha-lipoic acid. So that's really something that you can go and grab right now. Um, vitamin C is also a crucial antioxidant and should be part of your regular regime. 
Low levels of vitamin C mean also low levels of glutathione in the body and more oxidative stress. So vitamin C can also specifically help you detox from lead uh, toxicity. Now, as with glutathione, give your body a break some days uh, from vitamin C. And especially for all the athletes out there, do not take vitamin C after a high-intensity workout or a hard workout as the workout itself causes oxidative stress. That is good for you because that's what you're doing. You're wanting to cause the stress to make the body respond by making your muscles stronger, your tendons stronger, your, your cardiovascular uh, system stronger. Now, if you have vitamin C straight after a high-intensity workout, you're going to be undoing all of that oxidative stress. So that's, it's not a good combination within 12 hours after a hit. So that's just as a little tip as an extra benefit, really. Have your vitamin C away from your workouts and give yourself little breaks every now and then from taking regular vitamin C. Um, if you take it straight after a hit workout, it will interfere with the signals for your muscles to grow and get stronger. So that would be counterproductive to your training, okay? Now, over to zinc. Uh, good zinc levels um, prevent your body from taking on lead and cadmium. Um, and zinc is a very important as well as an immune regulator. And many, many Kiwis are deficient in zinc. I don't have the statistics, but I have read studies before that there's a huge uh, deficiency in the population for zinc. So if you don't want to have lead and cadmium poisoning, start adding some zinc to your regime. It's also really good as an immune regulator, as I said. The next one I wanted to talk to you about is activated charcoal. Now, you may have come across this um, when you're in third world countries, it's very readily available in those places because it helps with gastrointestinal um, bugs that you get in you know, places like Bali and Nepal and third world countries where you're liable to eat something that's got some horrible uh, bacteria on it and you take activated charcoal to bind to those horrible things and get it out of your system, right? But what you might not know is that it's also very, very good at... Um, um, detoxifying the body. Um, sorry. So it's very, very good at detoxifying the body and it's a really good thing to take on a regular, uh, regular basis. So um, uh, activated charcoal, what you need to be aware of when you're taking this is that you take it away from other supplements because it will uh, detract from other supplements and medication. And you, like, for example, you don't want to be taking it um, next to um, uh, taking your, sorry, I've just had a message coming up, up here and I have to get rid of it. <laughs> um, it's interfering with my um, notes here. Um, so, Activated charcoal, you don't want to be taking it next to, say, your antidepressants because it will lead to you passing that out without having its beneficial um, response, and the same with supplements. Um, another thing that's important to, to understand with, with charcoal is that you want a very fine grade of charcoal so that it's been ground up to a really fine, fine level so that it has a bigger surface area in which to bind to the metals. 
Um, so activated charcoal has a strong negative charge and it binds to chemicals whose molecules have a positive charge. And once it attaches to them, you can pass them out through your stall. You can then excrete them out from your body before they do any harm. When you eat food containing lead, uh, cadmium, co copper, nickel, um, activated charcoal can bind up these toxic metals before they get into your cells. So doing this is a really good anti-aging and longevity intervention, which uh, will, is, is a low-risk thing to be doing. You can have this two to three times a day if you want on an empty stomach away from other foods. It has also been shown um, in heart disease patients to lower the cholesterol levels and to improve your HDL to LDL cholesterol levels, your ratio. So really, really important. Um, the next one that I wanted to talk to you about, and we're nearly there on this section, is chlorella. Now, chlorella, I have done a podcast on with Catherine Arnston, um, who is the CEO and founder of Energy Bits, and she has spirulina and chlorella, and she has a hell of a lot of research about how amazing chlorella is. But one of the things that the chlorella algae does is it binds very well to mercury in the gut. Um, so when you are eating fish, a really top simple tip is to have some chlorella tablets when you are eating the fish and that will negate um, or stop the mercury being taken up into the cells and help you pass that out. So chlorella is a really good detoxification. I take it every night before I be go to bed um, and it helps detox my body in general, but especially for, for um for mercury and for other uh, heavy metals. Because we don't want to stop eating fish. Fish has got a lot of good stuff for us. Um, and you can find that podcast. It's number 139 on my Pushing the Limits podcast. And you'll have a list of those down below in this, in this course as well. Now, the very last one that I wanted to cover off is digestive fibers also help us to remove toxins. Now, I'm talking about here the soluble kind of fiber, not the insoluble. Now, the soluble kind of fiber helps feed the bacteria in your gut which is a good thing. You want to keep those good bacteria well fed. Now, there is a, pro uh, a product called Modified Citrus Pectin, and this is a very, very powerful, great anti-aging um, uh, supplement for you to take. It's good at removing lead and cadmium, arsenic and thallium. They did one study that um, with 15 milligrams a day of modified citrus pectin for five days led the test subjects to pass heavy metals out through the urine in much, much higher quantities. Uh, for example, arsenic leaving the body 130% more and cadmium at 150%. Uh, modified citrus pectin also reduces cancer's ability to spread in the body, which is another very, very good reason to try and um, try this low-risk supplement and get this good fiber in. So a low dose of that would be about 5 grams a day for several months, and a high dose for an adult would be 15 grams per day for a year, which is considered a high dose. For children, you only want to do this intermittently because it does reduce galactin three um and that's something that uh, children need uh, a lot of but that's going beyond the scope of this okay so that's it for metal poisoning today i hope you've learned a lot you probably want to uh, re-listen to this a few times to get it in your brain and maybe you want to go and try just one or two of those uh 
um, detoxing supplements out. Some of the lower risk ones like your Corella, your vitamin C uh, are no-brainer. Some of the um, other ones, EDTA is also one that I forgot to mention and also very powerful as an IV or as rectally um, or you can take it as supplements and this will also help detoxify your body. But with EDTA, <clears throat> with glutathione infusions, um, you want to be uh, under the auspices of a, of a functional doctor to do this. And you need to do that to get your testing done. And you also want to just be a little bit careful when it comes to just detoxing flat stick. Because again, it's something you want to do slowly and controlled because you don't want the heavy metal toxins to be pulled out of the fat and then deposit somewhere else or in the brain, which would be uh, catastrophic. So you want to do that in, the, in, a, in a bit of a controlled form. So I hope that's helped today and we look forward to the next session with you and we'll see you again soon. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.